0: All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a great guest today, highly recommended by some of our uh-huh. listeners, and I needed to get him on the show. Mr. Stephen Powell is with us, first time on the show. Stephen, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
1: Pat, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here, and thanks to those that dropped my name, and I'm excited to share my story, and I hope that uh, if, if some of the pain that I've had along the way helps you out and saves you a few years, then it was worth it.
0: There you go. Well, I'm sure it will. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. First of all, tell us a little bit about who you are uh, so we can get to know
1: you better. You know, thank you so much. Um, and, and I want to uh, uh, caveat first as I go and I frame who I am and where I've come from. I just want to uh, just throw this phrase out there that if a nobody from nowhere can become a somebody from someplace and I was able to do it, then you're able to do it. And So my background story based on that, Pat, is is I came from uh, the way of uh, the school of hard knocks, grew up in a split family, was on my own at 16, dropped out of high school in 10th grade, got my first wife pregnant when when I was 18, had my first son at 19, went on to have uh, five kids before I entered uh, real estate. And uh, when I entered real estate, I was a single dad with five kids, having come off a massive depressing divorce needing to reinvent myself and needing to find a better way uh, for my family and uh, I was pointed uh, to the real estate opportunity and I got to tell you I was scared out of my mind didn't know what to do was was scared to death to step out of that comfort of a steady paycheck to a first time situation of being commission only so that's that's the the setting of the backdrop that's my so what And I just want to emphasize that everybody's got to so what. And we all start real estate the exact same way. Some come with a little more experience, but, but again, if someone like me can do it, I know you can do it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, there's a lot of parts of that story I want to dig deeper in today's show. But first of all, let's get to our normal nitty gritty. So like, how many houses have you sold, Stephen, in the past 12 months?
1: So in the past 12 months, I sold 27 that that roughly represented 11 million in volume here in my area and, and is, you know there's a there's a, yeah this is in the Palm Springs greater Palm Springs uh, area southern california
0: okay and all by yourself right it's just you
1: all by myself
0: okay and we always like to talk about profit margin on here because it's it's relative we're finding people that are like yourself that are are are, are making sometimes a lot more profit than uh, others out there with teams of like ten and uh, so it's important that we you know balance out our guests and and get all sides of the equation and and so anyway, so we like to call it eCI which is ego commission income when you, when we add up those twenty seven deals over the last twelve months what what would you say your gross
1: commission was uh, right around two fifty
0: okay and then what's your profit margin on that
1: fifty percent
0: fifty percent. Okay. So you made around buck 25, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And uh I'm surprised actually it's 50%. I would I I would I I was thinking you would say it would be you know a higher profit margin, just a, a little bit higher at least.
1: And I'm going to and I'm going to elaborate on why that is. So Yeah, please. Every every so often and you know, I'm thankful that in the last 14 years I've I've fallen into several niches. And uh, the marketplace here in California is a highly competitive marketplace. You've got uh, Redfin at 1%, Purple Bricks. You've got all these different things uh, occurring. So as I saw that shift in the market happening and I I decided to do a a brand pivot, uh, I took 25% right off the top. And I've been sinking that into marketing, advertisement, and TV. And I've been doing that for a while. So my strategy coming into the market shift was to basically celebritize myself, make myself a household name out there on the airwaves, because I had the budget. And, you know, I, I'm able to because I am with a hundred percent commission company, compete on levels that other agents can't compete on. And I'm not afraid to reinvest back into my business. So I decided that I was gonna take just 25% of that immediately and put it into uh, digital, digital media. So, uh, so this, so this is a, probabl-
0: Yeah. This is an interesting conversation because y- you know, first of all, a- again, I'm just going to reiterate what he just said. He's at a hundred percent company, right? So what do you just pay a, a transaction fee or something like that?
1: I do. So I, I've reached my cap with the company, which is 12 transactions. And after that, I just pay $99 per transaction. For the remainder of my year, what what is the uh, cap? I have a five. The cap is uh, uh, fifty four hundred for the year.
0: Five thousand bucks for the year. So, so you are paying about yeah. five. Yeah. So if I, if I divided that by by twenty seven transactions, right? I mean, you are paying four five hundred bucks each one.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. So. Okay. Interesting. So then now, now that we know that, and then you say, okay, I got all this extra fat here. I'm going to start spending that money. I have not heard of any agent that is not on a big team that has invested in, in television, radio, that sort of thing, right? Like, like normally, you know, that's a thing for the teams, right? That's a thing for mm-hmm. the team. Mm-hmm. And, and so here you are the little guy, you know, and you're investing in that. I'm curious as hell, what is your message right? What is your message when you get on the television or the radio? Because it cannot be, I'm assuming, the same message as as the big team would, would have on on TV and radio. What is it?
1: Yeah, it's not. So I really had to come up with a value proposition to, to separate myself and my experience level uh, and also compete. So uh, in one part, it's a uh, a value proposition of a certain savings to the seller for using my services, and and also displaying my my past success as an award-winning agent uh, over the years, and and basically getting that repetition uh, over the airwaves of, of constantly having Stephen Powell, Stephen Powell, uh, call Stephen Powell. So it's an economic.
0: Um, so your message is economic. It what is. What what are you giving them? Like what are you you know what are you giving a seller?
1: in an ad so a seller yeah so a seller is getting a 33% rebate so what I, what i did is i put together because because i'm at a 100% commission company uh, i have the latitude to be flexible so what i wanted to do was create a a program that was value driven right out of the gate that i was going to offer more than a typical agent would in, in a regular scenario as far as services rendered, and do that for less than what that agent uh, would do. So, what I wanted the objective of that, Pat, was not to be a discount broker, but to be a value broker, uh, to be the Amazon of real estate in my area to say that, you know what, Stephen Powell's been doing this for so long. He's taken, uh, he's reinvested back into his business and his technology. Uh, he's streamlined processes and he's able to save you money and give you full service representation.
0: Right. Without, without a team, you know, like, like you're, you're getting me 24 seven, right? So, okay. So you're basically just saying based on what the, I don't even know what kind of words you could use to say, like, you know what I mean? Like, how do you even say that? How do you even say that in an ad? Because you're assuming that, that the commission is is the same, you know, but it's not right. So, so how do you even say, how do you even say I give you a 33% rebate? I understand how you say it from a buyer because a buyer co-op is fixed, right? It's like, you know, it's in the MLS, but a seller, what a seller pays is negotiable. So how do you say that in an ad? What kind of words do you use?
1: Uh, You know, I, I use just that save 33% and the explanation is is what what is typically asked for or typically expected in most uh, situations uh, which is 6 do you,
0: um, do, you have, do you have to put a little star down at the bottom based on you know do you, is I, you yeah,
1: disclaimer i do or I, I have i do i have that disclosed and it's disclosed that commissions are negotiable
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, all right. So off of that, what, how many, how many of the 27 deals are listings?
1: I, I was about a 80, 20 ratio.
0: Really? That's, that's okay. So that's Mac daddy. And, and, and here's the thing guys, this is what I like about him. Dude's got five kids. So at, at the end of the day, there's no way you're going to do that with buyers, right? There's no way, you, you know, you're going to do what he's doing with. It's very difficult, right? So, so let me ask you about five children and, and that and single dad scenario, right? Now, first of all, most yeah. single dads with five kids, or even single mom with five kids, would not think in their mind it's humanly possible to be a real estate agent with, with how hard you have to work, especially without a team that you can leverage too, right? So, how did, how, like, what were you thinking?
1: Well, you know, thankfully, you don't know what you don't know until you're in it. And I tell you, many times along the way, Pat, I wanted to quit. Uh, The pressure was intense. It was scary. There were many months that I came to the edge of the money and, and, uh, you know, uh, appeared to be looking down an abyss. I tell you, there were two, if I could say that uh, magic happens sometimes and and providence smiles uh, on the traveler, uh, I will tell you that there were two significant events that occurred to me in and around the 2006 uh, era, my first year in uh, real estate. And that was one as I was introduced to the principle of correspondence of the law of correspondence, which basically states you got to give to receive. And uh, a really good friend and mentor of mine challenged me to get out of my poverty mentality and to give a portion of my money and my income to those less fortunate than me and that created an energy shift within me, got me to look at money different, got me to look at things different, not from a position of lack, but from a position that there's more than enough for anyone. Secondly, as providence would happen, I was driving down the street one day, contemplating how on earth do I do this? I was doing everything that everybody said. I was writing letters. I was, uh, doing open houses, and just nothing seemed to work for me. It took me one year to sell my first house, which is, you know, I've got these mouths to feed. This is frustrating. But I was driving down the street, Pat, and I saw a car dealership marquee. And this is a down market. Everybody's leaving real estate. Everybody's telling me you're crazy. Go get your job back. And I see this marquee, and it says, Arturo, Salesman of the Month. And it really rocked me hard because... I, I reasoned within myself that regardless of what a market's doing, people are still buying and selling. And if someone is buying and selling and there's a salesman, then somebody's got to be number one. So why not me? And that question uh, just hit me so hard. And I said, yeah, why not me? And I tell you, from that point on, uh, I began just telling everybody, look, I'm going to be number one. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the guy that goes across the stage, uh, gets my trophy and they're going to ask me, how'd you do it? I'm going to say, I have no idea. You know, Pat, in 2008, yeah, in 2008, I sold 108 homes for a little over $15 million uh, in total volume. That was uh, uh, REO driven. Uh, I was number one in the office, and I won a trip to Hawaii, and I can tell you it was those two events, number one, reciprocity and giving, and number two, Getting that vision and belief that it was possible for me, this nobody from nowhere, to so, to be so, that guy.
0: And 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 you you sold 108 homes by yourself, and and now you're selling 27. So and that, and that's all a, 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 a result of of REOs, right? Because they were just like flying at you then, right? Like ten at ten. A, 10 a that
1: month, was twenty and, a month. Yeah, and that's right. And you know the difference, the contrast of then and now you know, back then I was 36 years old. Now I'm 47. I, I really don't care to work as hard. I know what it takes to sell 108 houses. And I'm really comfortable with the 30 uh, a year lifestyle. <laughs> it's good for me. It's good for my marriage back. You know, I I had remarried. and I guess I got to add one more kid to the, so I have six kids total.
0: Um, oh, dirt. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I only
1: have, I only have one left at home. So, you well, know, you we're, okay, I get option. to go
0: it's a lot easier now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I get to go and have steak and lobster and not worry about it. So now twelve years ago, when,
0: yeah, like like not even like when you did in two thousand eight, <laughs> you did one hundred and eight sales. Like, what kind of time management skills did you use to number one do one hundred and eight sales, and number two have? I assume most of those kids were at home still.
1: Yeah, so thankfully because of my uh, my background in in corporate America, my time management tasks was they were they were really good. I'd say my biggest challenge that I had, and I ended up hiring a coach, not for the business side of real estate, but I didn't know how to shut it off. I was working seven days a week, 30, 40 days at a time. I was so far out of balance. Doing the work and and being first in, last out, that was easy. Stopping to take time off, I mean, that was almost like I had guilt and anxiety to take an afternoon for myself. So I had to really get involved in life coaching back in 08 to bring myself back to a place uh, of of some type of balance because i i let it go too far to where the business affected me personally and it was taking its toll on my health it was taking its toll on my marriage and so if i if i wouldn't have uh adjusted my perspective and got someone to help me with my blind spots it would have been pretty difficult
0: mm and so it did you quit reos or did reos just dissipate
1: uh reos uh dissipated as far as it being worthwhile volume i've still done them over the years uh, but the, the i don't know that we will ever see that kind of volume again until yeah we won't uh, I know an,
0: a lot of people quit them because there's just no profit in them i mean you know
1: yeah it, yeah uh, out here uh you know it, Every REO you're out about 2500 dollars for 90 days that's the reality oh, of an REO
0: without getting paid right so
1: yeah. without getting paid because you're putting out expense but I still you know would have you know a few and sometimes you get lucky sometimes you know you get uh, REOs that, that you wonder God why am I doing this and you know in the case of last year gosh, I got a great REO and a country club ended up double ending it. And it was a $700,000 uh, REO. I made 40 grand just from that one transaction.
0: Yeah. Right. And then, and then those are the ones that keep you hooked on the heroin as you're like, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> like, if I get one of those a year, I'm happy. Right. Cause I didn't have to work for it right. to get it at right. least. So yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. So uh, tell me like of the deals you're doing now, how many of them are coming from your, Tell, is it all television? Is that all you're doing now, television?
1: Yeah, right now, 100% everything that I have in my pipe is from the TV. Uh, the The response to the ads were great. And, and it took about eight months to build that up, you know, and I was prepared. And I tell people, look, if you're going to do TV, you need to have 50 grand set aside and be prepared for six months for not a whole lot to happen um, because it, it takes time repetition to describe, do that.
0: Describe the ad to me. Is it is it just you sitting there talking? Uh, what is it?
1: So we've, uh, we've done a few different evolutions of that ad, and I actually will be meeting with a producer today. I have a 30-minute infomercial that you'd see that a team would run that I'm doing, and uh, it's almost done. It's in its uh, second edit, and uh, that's probably going to hit the airwaves next month. But the commercials, when they started off, because we, you know, we didn't know what was going to work, it was uh, just a simple question. Why choose Stephen Powell as your real estate agent? And we, did it. we, we chose to have a voiceover actor for the first, uh, it was a 30-second spot. And so for the first 22 seconds, it was a voiceover actor uh, basically saying, uh, you know, Stephen Powell has a, a proven system, lots of experience. And then the last eight seconds was me saying, "Hey, I'm Stephen Powell. Call me today." And you know, we tried to come across very sincere and professional in that. So we over the over time, we did a couple uh, different variations of that commercial. One of the most successful ones that we ran was specifically where I gave them a dollar figure because a lot of people can't do math in their mind uh, when they're special on TV. So if I tell you that I'm going to save you thirty percent, thirty-three percent. What does that mean? Well, if, if it's a five hundred thousand dollar house, it's roughly about ten grand that you're going to save. So we came on the screen saying that, you know, giving them math, uh, and then we did one that was, uh, I think, did really well. Also, was a, uh, and I actually got the idea from HomeBay. Uh, I was watching Facebook, uh, and HomeBay had an ad that came through, and they did a great job on their graphic, uh, where they were scrolling houses and how much money was saved. So we did a a whole segment of there was like 15 houses that scrolled with the a banner with how much money the seller saved. Yeah. Uh, and then we did it. Yeah. Do you, do you still do that? That, that particular one is running. We just did a new one. That's going to coincide with the, the infomercial, but we're going to have another one. That's going That we're going to do that. We're actually just, we're going to cannibalize the infomercial so that we don't have to pay for production. Again, one of my past, one of the clients, did an incredible video testimonial so we're gonna just hammer the airwaves with that
0: so you know this is funny because you know here's the thing i'm i'm licensed now but my license is getting ready to expire i'm gonna just let it expire right because i haven't sold a house in over a decade but but personally right still i'm still attached to a team and that sort of thing but i want i want to get into minutiae there um I have this idea. I'll share it on this screen. If you want to do what Stephen's doing or Stephen, you want to do this. I've, I've, I used to do commercials all the time. I've probably done 10 of them and did really, really well with them uh, back in the day. So the idea is similar to your idea of, you know, people don't understand, you know, Hey, I'm going to give you 33% back. They don't know what the hell that means. Right. They don't, they don't get it. Even you know what I mean? Even if you even if you tell them I'm going to do it for X percent instead of Y percent, they still don't get, they still really don't understand what that means. So I always thought it'd be a great commercial to show them what it meant. So let's say you take the average sale price in your market and you take whatever percentage you're going to do or whatever dollar figure, you take your dollar figure idea, whatever it is, let's say it's 10 grand and you find something that's worth 10 grand and you destroy it on camera. So you 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 literally you're like, hey, I'm Stephen Powell, and I just bought this used, you know, Toyota Rav Four, and I'm gonna run it off the cliff. And you let it run off the cliff, and then you're going, that's what we'll ha- that's what you'll do if you don't call me and you explain it, right? Or you go, you go to a Best Buy. And you just go in there and you start taking out these flat screen TVs one at a time, and you just start throwing them in the dumpster. I just threw out seven flat screen TVs. That's what essentially you're doing. If you don't use Stephen Powell or something like that, and I don't know what you can get away
1: with. That's fantastic. I,
0: I question if you could even get away with what you're doing now, but the the just because you're assuming that the commission is a, a certain amount, which it may, which you can't really prove, but but nonetheless, if, if you haven't gotten in trouble for it yet, so, you know, it's working. But so, um, but yeah, that's what I would do. I would, I would, um you know, that was my idea and I never used it. I think if I was in business today, unequivocally, that's how I would disrupt the market because that's what people understand. You know, they understand what, what happened. He just threw away a flat screen TV, right? They get that, right? <laughs> they don't get it when you talk percentages and and even dollars, it's like, you know, you say, oh, you know, I'll do it for a flat. I had a thing one time, a campaign I was trying to run that where I did it for a flat fee, right? Like like you take the average commission just like you're doing and be like, you know, X percent is is this much. We're going to do it for a flat this. People still struggled with that. Like they don't, they, you know what I mean? It's very hard for them to get yeah. the conceptualization of Th- this is real money it 's kind of like equity in people 's houses is like buying something on your first credit card they, you, you know it feels like it 's not real money or poker chips in a casino. It feels like it 's not real money for some reason equity but if if you can put it in a, a mental state of mind where it becomes real money right like you're you 're at a casino and you 're like uh, here 's all these freaking chips made out of plastic or wood or whatever they're made out of you can keep those or i'll give you this car be like oh screw that i'm going to take this car you know you know know what i mean like it just
1: yeah no i think that's brilliant i'm definitely going to use that
0: (laughs) and then and then every six months you change it right you're like oh what's stephen powell going to change now what's he going to destroy now (laughs) you know that's worth ten thousand dollars anyways really cool um okay (laughs) So, uh, I, all right. So tell me about like, um, some technology, like, do uh, you have any cool technology that you're using that uh, people need to know about?
1: Well, you know what? Um, and, and this goes back in, how do you increase your margin is the more that you outsource and you can't do things on your own or keep it in your team, uh, that cuts into profit. So, you know what? I went out and bought the best technology and acclimated myself with it. I have a Matterport camera. I have uh, a 4K drone. Uh, I know how to do uh, all that. I don't have to outsource a single thing, which also drives my my profit margin and, and is one of the reasons that I can do. And I'll be honest with you, with that technology doesn't take that much more time uh, than it does to outsource it and wait for somebody to give it to you. Actually, I almost have faster results uh, investing in your technology. And I can tell you that that you know yes, Mad Report is a it's a camera, a drone is a grant, but I don't look at that as an expense. To me, those things are already paid off. And you know what? In between things, I'll side hustle with that pad. I'll make 250 bucks for someone else. You know, and they call me up and say, hey, you know what? I I need to film a listing for me. Sure. I've got the afternoon. I'll go over. It takes me an hour. I'll make 250 bucks in an hour. God bless America. That's, (laughs) that's how, that's how amazing, uh, you know, I mean, you can do so much in real estate.
0: I I would have to imagine and I like that that's good shit. So I would have to imagine that to do 20% buyer deals, right? You almost have to not you know, your your standards have to be really really high. Like, you know, like and and I guess in today's world you can do this because, you know, once you put the, the your listing in MLS, you know, it's going to show up online in Zillow and Redfin and everything else as someone else's listing not yours. And uh, other agents are going to show it and you're not going to make that buyer deal. So I understand how this could happen because certainly back in the day before Zillow and the MLS was public, it, you almost had to have a higher percentage than 20% buyers just because you got those opportunities, you had to take them. Someone said, hey, I want to look at this house. But like, I'm just curious, what are your standards when a buyer does call you direct? You know what I mean? How do you decide, Yeah, I'm going to work with this guy and not this person?
1: Well, my preference, if I'm going to work for a buyer, they want the house that they're calling on. And the majority of the buyers that I do work with, I'm going to probably 20% of them or maybe a little more. I'm double ending the transaction. My standards for a buyer, and and I'll be honest with you, I I lose a lot of buyers and, and that's okay because I, it, unless they're ready and they can make a decision and, and you know, they can narrow down 10 to 15 houses relatively quick, I will, I will lose business personally and my business model uh, chasing them around for one deal when I can get two to three listings in the pipe. And why is that? Well, because I understand statistics. Every listing is worth 1.6 deals. And to, to give you, uh, give the listener an understanding of why you should be a listing agent. I went on vacation. I was in Maui at the end of April, and I had I put two in escrow while I was swimming at the beach. And was I chasing the buyer? No. Other buyers brought their buyers to my listings, and so uh, that is you know one of the glorious things about being a listing agent is you have. Uh, you know, essentially an army of buyers agents that are, that are out there uh, showing homes, uh, you know, and if, and if you price reasonably well and my average days on market is 72 days on market, which is, you know, uh, not too bad, not shabby in this uh, marketplace. It just makes more sense uh, for me to let them go if they're not, you know, really on point and ready to make that decision. And So I either try to refer them out or, you know, sometimes they just get poached. I honestly, I will, I'll admit, I've got to do a better job on, on not letting them bleed out. And I don't, I don't mean to sound so like, oh, so what? Who cares? I mean, obviously, yes, I'd like to make the money on it.
0: Yeah, but you you don't know. I I think maybe you're, you're right, but you're wrong. Like I, here's the thing, right? Like you you feel guilty, right? I could tell that in your voice. You feel guilty. You process. But at the end of the day, it 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 may be working for you. It may be actually smart to do because you don't know. Like once you let that monster in the room, you know you could go back to those workaholic days that you had back, you know, ten years ago, and and then be, you know, you know, working all the time. And then listings, like you said, within Maui, you were able to sell two listings, and you, and you had a thousand agents working for you through the MLS. You know, and everything else, if somebody wants to see a house nowadays they're going to see it w- w- without you right they're going to they're going right. to be able to see it without you they're going to get pissed that they can't get you because there's eight million ways to see it, so it may right. be a good thing, and you think about other countries the the way the, these other a lot of other countries and um, some agents I talked to one agent recently that's like this you know it they do believe deep down is a, it is a conflict of interest. To work both sides so they absolutely won't do it right and if you think about it deep down if you took commission out of the equation and you just simply ask the question is it a conflict of interest to work both sides yeah of course it is right because you know a lawyer wouldn't work both sides of a of a case so yeah uh, you know so maybe anyways, I can think my point is maybe it's a good thing. Maybe you shouldn't feel guilty. Maybe that's just your way. I did talk to another agent recently from the United States that didn't work both sides, just refused to work both sides. Just said, you know, I don't, you know, you got to go find an agent. They would say, if you want to see the house, you got to go find an agent. And I thought after that conversation that, you know, their time is so much better controlled. So uh, anyway. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, you know, and in some States, Uh, Pat, uh, dual agency is against the law, California. It's not, and I tell you, um, you know, I do, I do uh, carry a legal insurance through Real Estate Risk Management, which is an Orange County law firm, and for a nominal fee for each transaction, uh, I get some uh, coverage for my client and myself. And you know, I did have a sticky situation once where a seller didn't disclose. That there was mold, and they knew there was mold, and they never told me. They never, they never shared the report with me, and uh, but I did note discoloration in my uh, agent visual disclosure. Uh, I did did note that uh, there appeared to be water damage in my disclosure. I did recommend inspections, but that buyer, uh, you know, of course, assumed that I was lying and that I was uh, in cahoots with the the seller to bamboozle them. Now. Fortunately for me, I had the legal insurance. I immediately, when I was contacted by the uh, other party's attorney, contacted uh, uh, real estate risk management, explained to them what was happening. I sent them all my records and they stepped in and basically said, if you, Mr. Seller, can prove that you sent Stephen Powell the mold report and, and can show communication that you disclosed that to him, then we'll participate in mediation. If not, then we're not going to participate. So having that certainly assisted me and I, I would feel less comfortable if I didn't have that kind of service at my disposal. But uh, you know, that that could have been a real sticky situation. And fortunately for me it wasn't because well, I I, a, I hadn't done anything wrong.
0: That's a great story. So let me let me ask you this question. So let's say now knowing what you know and going through that, Let's say tomorrow you go on a listing appointment and they got mold. What are you going to do?
1: Well, I tell you, first off, I'm, I, I, they would have to say that I've got mold. And let's obviously say, I would disclose well, that.
0: Well, let's say it's blatant. Or let's well, say they had the a thing. leak it's, in the basement.
1: Not, yeah. So, so that's a tricky question, see, because I'm not a, I'm not a mold expert. I cannot, I cannot say you have mold unless a mold expert came in there. I can say I see dark spots. But I don't know what they are.
0: Yeah, right. You don't know what because, kind of mold it is.
1: Yeah. See, yeah. See, Maryland, I just have to disclose. Maryland,
0: in Maryland, they got something called latent defect, which means latent defect. And I don't know, California must be different, but latent defect means like if you, if you know that the basement flooded, then that's a latent defect, which means is a possibility that there's mold. And you have to disclose latent defects. <laughs>
1: In, in the area that I'm at, we're a desert, we don't have sub basements uh, here in, in this area. There may be basements in other parts of uh, uh, Northern California. Uh, I wouldn't know if, if there's the same thing only because we don't, we don't deal with basements here.
0: I think the I think the answer is, you know when in doubt disclose at least this is my answer, right? Like I had a friend Absolutely. in the business back in the day, and, and he had uh, he sold a house. The husband hung himself in the uh, garage and the wife said, I don't want you to tell anybody that, right? Because I want top dollar, right? So he chose not to say anything, right? That was his decision not to disclose that. Somebody bought the house. They sued the shit out of him. Now, what happened was at the end of the day, they lost, right? Because he was working for the seller, right? And the seller said, hey, nope, you know, I don't want you to disclose that. What the court found, and this, this was years ago, what the court found was that um, it was not a legal it was not a legal question, right, about whether or not he should disclose that or not. It was an ethical one. He could have said, "I don't want to have to face that agent when I see him in Starbucks that, that's the co-op agent. You know, I don't want to have to face that buyer. If I was a buyer, I wouldn't want somebody doing that to me." All those questions were moral questions, not legal questions. And and morally, he made the decision he was going to go ahead and represent this seller, and he was going to let the chips, you know, let let it be undisclosed. And I always remember that decision because it was a moral question versus a legal question. Like morally, he could have been like, I don't want to screw, you know, somebody. I don't want the karma. So I I think as agents, you know, you got to ask that too, whether it's legal, or whether it's moral. You know what's the moral question? If you you know, would you want to buy a house where the agent hid a latent defect or hid black spots and knew that the seller painted the whole basement white? You know what I mean? Or a whole wall white because there were black spots on it? It's a great it's a great conversation.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I always find Pat, that you know, I want to always be in a position where I don't have to remember very much later. <laughs> You know, it's a lot harder to piece it together later uh, than to just you know do everything that you need to do and then forget about it.
0: No, I think you're smart. I think you're smart, and that's all disclosure and transparency. And the more you you have written down, and the more people sign, and the more the more you can get your sellers to acknowledge in writing, the, the safer you're going to be legally. So, but anyways, this, this has been good, dude. Um, we've been we we've gone all across the board uh, with with conversation here. I love what you're doing. I love talking uh, commercials with you, and uh, you've you've had a great career already in the in the decade or so that you've been in business. Especially starting out with five kids, inspiration for everybody. I appreciate you coming on the show, Stephen. Now let's talk about your free gift. As everybody, as everyone knows, or or will find out with me saying it right now. If you go to the show notes of Stephen's show, which I'm going to give you, we will put a free gift. That he is offering so first of all Stephen what is the free gift that you're bringing
1: so one of my things that I've always been really good at through my careers is is creating systems and processes and uh, having an effective planner you know anybody that's followed Stephen Covey and you know went through his systems or you know if you're looking for a good planner I created this planner out of necessity for myself and having helped several other people needing to get organized. And so it's really kind of a balanced approach to planning. And uh, I call it the Goal Tracker Planner. What I do is I'll print 30 of those out every single month and I keep them on a clipboard. The night before, uh, when, I'm, when I'm decided that my day is over, uh, I will go to my calendar. I'll write down all of my appointments. Uh, that I've gathered electronically, and then I will sit and empty my mind of everything that I think that I need to do. I'll tap, you know, have tasks. That list of to-dos becomes a living to-do list because anything that that next day that I wasn't able to get automatically will go to that next day's list. There's a tracking portion down there for those that like to know how many phone calls you're making, how many reaches you're doing. Uh, how many follow ups how many appointments uh, you'll find that in the box below that uh, the to do list and then down below uh, there's these little circles and I think it's real important that you always keep in mind your own personal talents and the things that you like that have nothing to do with business that are important to you and so I find that some of those things don't necessarily need to be scheduled in a time slot it's you know what i'm looking at my day and my calendar and wow i've got 30 minutes to play guitar i'm going to grab my guitar and i'm going to play 30 minutes and you know i'm going to fill that in and i know that i'm i'm still being me in that so that that planner kind of encompasses a lot of different areas but it really keeps you on point it's a, it's a great tool and i hope you enjoy it
0: yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that, guys. So appreciate that, Stephen. So, uh, guys, I'm going to put that on hybendigital.com backslash Stephen Powell, and it's S-T-E-P-H-P-H like Pat Hyben, S-T-E-P-H-E-N Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L, hybendigital.com backslash Stephen Powell, Stephen Powell, and also if you want that plus all the other gifts that everybody's donated to the show. Just go to hybendigital.com backslast toolbox or text the word toolbox to 444-999. Steven, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast. I appreciate you and uh, best of luck to you. If I'm ever out in your neck of the woods, I will definitely look you up and uh, we'll get together and break some bread.
1: That sounds good to me, Pat. Thanks so much. It was truly an honor and uh, God bless everybody. And I just wish everyone that uh, hears this, prosperity and success in the future, the best is yet to come.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to Real Estate Rockstars. If this free content is giving you a ton of value, I want to ask a small favor in return. I need you to pull out your pointing finger and hit the subscribe button. Yes, hit subscribe, please. The more subscribers that we get on Real Estate Rockstars, the better guests are attracted to the shows. We'll get more guests from the top companies, from the top teams, and even more celebrity guests like Robert Kiyosaki and Barbara Corcoran. Also, if you're not a member of our free Facebook group, go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio. right on Facebook and join the conversation. I'm on there myself on FaceTime Live's. And we have a lot of communications and questions about the show, and I'd love to see you there. And it's free. People ask me all the time, where am I on social media? I'm real easy to find. Just type in my name. My IG is I am Pat Hyben. It is blowing up on Instagram, adding tons of subscribers. And I'm on there probably twice a day. So definitely follow me on Instagram, as well as everywhere else. Thanks again for listening, and keep rocking.